Hi, my name is Alan. I am a business designer and welcome to the Beyond Users podcast, where we learn about business to become better designers. In the 17th episode, I spoke with Christian Hartline. Christian is a head of design at N26, a pretty famous mobile bank based here in Berlin, which has more than 1 million customers across uh, Europe. So a year ago, Christian actually took over a whole team of designers in this super fast-growing startup, and he started integrating design across different departments and also promoting design as an important part of the culture. And I've been really fascinating uh, by the stuff that Christian uh, is working on, so I invited him to the podcast to basically discuss these things. So what we discussed particularly is uh, how is the design team structured within N26, uh, what kind of disciplines they have and how are they basically integrated within the uh, different departments. Then we talked about the proactive design, how basically by being proactive as a designer, you can shape what you work on instead of just being reactive and wait for the project briefs. And uh, as Christian was a consultant at IDEO before, we actually talked about um, his perspective on what he was naive about as a consultant. Um, so where do consultants go wrong when they basically um, help their clients? So that's it in the intro and now enjoy the episode with Christian. So Christian, first of all, thanks a lot for taking the time. Um, so as you know, the way we like to start this podcast is to just learn a little bit about our guests. So first of all, I just want to hear, you know, how you got into design yes definitely um so how i got into design is actually that uh, like back in the school days um, i started programming websites and um i was very interested in like that basically the, the whole topic of like um, website in general internet came up became very popular and I actually thought about like which uh, path I should go down in terms of like, should I program the websites or should I design them? Both was very appealing to me. And uh, because my brother who is four years older, who started uh, studying engineering, um, that was the reason why I actually decided to go um, basically down the uh, design road. And um, mm -hmm. because I thought I was not ready to study design immediately, even though I wanted to do that, I actually did a design, a graphic design education because I wanted to to learn design from scratch, like the hard skills. Um, um, so I did this uh, graphic design education in a smaller agency uh, in print on purpose. So really like learning the, the basics about graphic design. And uh, I think that was my, my entry point into that whole design world. And um, then I started studying interaction design uh, in, in Sweden and Germany. And uh, that was like, open my eyes even more in terms of like what is possible and how you actually can not only basically design but like how you actually can combine design uh, psychology technology like from hardware and the software side and uh, yeah this is actually how i got into design mm. so you're basically one of the rare uh, properly educated designers a lot of people uh, nowadays come into design through uh, many of them they actually don't go through universities right that, that's true uh, um, I think like sometimes I'm, I'm feeling even like a little bit embarrassed like to to talk about that because like it, pre it sounds pretty much like everything was planned and laid out 
but it actually was not the case. So uh, basically, it's also in the same way, basically, like how people start basically their design journey uh, from a completely track. Um, that was also something I stumbled into these kind of things and just explored them. And then I thought like it's interesting and just follow basically uh, what what interested me as well. Awesome. So now let's fast forward uh, 10, 15 years to your current role. Um, maybe first of all, like I would be interested to hear why did you decide to leave IDEO and join uh, N26? You know, like after a um, couple of years working in an innovation consultancy like IDEO, you have like learned a lot and you have explored a lot. And the reason why I also joined IDEO was like to understand what is the role of design in like bigger companies and corporations and like how actually to to make this um topic important in these um, basically in in these companies and um after a certain years you you also like facing um the the reality in a way of like how much you actually can achieve there like i think like um working at idea was like super helpful because like you are able to work for different industries and you work on project uh, projects that allow you actually to uh, really uh, create something completely new uh, but most of the time that um, there's a lack of like an understanding on a on a detail level like how do you get things through so exactly. um, the the question that often came up is like really um, we want to to create a new business or we want to explore something completely new which is very appealing also for a designer for sure uh, on the other hand it's also like you want to take this forward uh, forward in terms of like does it really fly? Does it really work? And I, I think like this kind of like self-reflection is something that I have personally missed uh, after several years. And that's the reason why I actually wanted to change the, the sides and kind of like going to the client side, like changing mm -hmm. the sides directly. Perfect. Because now you made a really nice transition to what I really want to hear, which is, you know, when, when we were consultants, you always are more thinking, yeah, the client doesn't get me. You know, mm -hmm. The client doesn't get me. They don't do the things the way I <laughs> uh, consult them to do. So basically what I'm trying to understand now, when you are on the other side, what would you say you were naive as a consultant or maybe what do consultants get wrong? Right. I think like th th there's nothing wrong. There's a, like a, a specific purpose when you actually um, get consultants into the company. And uh, from from my perspective now, I also understand better like when that moment is actually the right moment. Um, that is like most of the time when you basically want to open the eyes, want to have when you want to have a certain confirmation from the outside. Um, it also is, is something that is connected to to trust and in terms of like who do you trust and obviously like a company like IDEO who obviously invented so many things is in the market for like so many decades already. Um, there is like a certain trust connected to that. And I think that it can be very helpful, especially for companies that quite, that are quite established. And, uh, you know, it's like sometimes difficult, like there's like a certain structure in place and like to basically get things through. And this is exactly the point where you basically then pull in uh, a consultancy. I think like uh, to answer your question, I think like what what changed and what sometimes we were naive about is really, um, how like how we not understood like uh, in detail the dynamics of of what is actually happening inside of the company uh, because that is obviously very important to understand to actually um, to to realize like what what kind of like levels you need to pull and push 
or like what kind of buttons, what is the dynamic um, to, to actually create projects that, that basically are valid for the company, um, not only on a, on a blueprint, um, but really um, how do you actually then in the end like make money, uh, but also like how do you serve a certain need? And I think like that is something like being able to do that now by, by understanding the dynamics inside of the company, but also understanding much better of like, what is the aim of the company? Like, where do we want to go? What do we want to achieve? And what is the, the goal that uh, we are looking for? Um, I think that is like now much more uh, tangible for myself and therefore I'm able basically like to to uh, bring things more to life than I was uh, potentially able uh, before as a consultant. Mm -hmm. So what do you exactly mean by this uh, internal dynamics? I think like internal dynamics of like you go, you have for sure like always different stakeholders, always different teams um, that that you need to serve and I think like you need to understand like who actually needs to be part of like these these things because like ultimately um, like you need to involve like certain stakeholders not always because they are part of the project in particular but like in, in order to uh, lay out like what is basically the implication for them in the future. Uh, because ultimately you don't only want to work on a project that it has an impact on a product or on a design side. You also need to understand like the business side, you know, you need to understand how we're going to communicate that, what is the implication for different markets as well. And I think like this is what I mean with like like the internal dynamic. Um, what what are the basically different departments are planning to do in the future? What are their uh, KPIs, their goals? Mm -hmm. And I think like by having that better understanding um, and that actually opened my eyes in terms of like also understanding better from like from a business point of view, like how important certain things are. And sometimes uh, we, we kind of like left that out on purpose but like in, in in my case right now i can't just not look at them obviously so it's like being able to include them and have keeping that in mind is like very helpful to understand the dynamic um uh, internally mm -hmm. so let's say let's just imagine that you now would go back to being consultant how would you <laughs> how would you try to uncover these dynamics because uh, obviously we at idea we've done like looking ins right, right? which are I think meant to be to uncover these dynamics and KPIs of uh, internal stakeholders. Is this kind of the tool to use, but just in a different way, or is there something else you would suggest to listeners to try out? I think like looking ins were always like the first and a very good way to get a condensed um, feeling of like what the company is about and what the project will be about. Um, I think the next step is not only like doing looking ins and understanding that because like this is what people are going to tell you. It's also like keep your ears and eyes open in order to understand like what else is going on on the left and right side of these people, project, departments. And uh, I think like additional to that, it's also like um, to to even like um, yeah to to get a better understanding and like to to be more proactive like to reach out to to different parts of the company where my from a basically client side that might be not important but like really uh, to to gain a better understanding of these dynamics this is ultimately important and like to push even more to understand to to even have a broader scope of these looking ins and. 
uh, I think like this uh, ultimately is is a is a good way to start with. Um, another aspect that I think like makes a difference is like spending more time on site uh, because like this is something. Sometimes you can talk to a lot of like different people and they're gonna tell you certain circumstances, uh, but uh, being on site also helps you to to simply mm -hmm. understand dynamics just by observing what is actually happening there and to dive deeper into a certain topic that also requires time that sometimes you don't have as a consultant uh, but like really this kind of like on-site experience is uh, ultimately something that that seems to me very necessary to to uncover the dynamics so with regards to reaching out different departments so now when you work internally within the product or mm -hmm. within the company, uh, is this something you actively do? I mean, like you reach out to different departments or is this more something that just naturally happens because you're in the office, as you said? Um, I think like both. Uh, it naturally happens because like luckily we, we are still like, even though like we have like multiple offices already, but like we are still kind of like very well connected. And like, I think like these kind of like places like a kitchen where you meet like people at the coffee machine. Um, I think like you should not underestimate the, the power of these like uh, locations where people actually come together, where you have a chit chat and then you actually learn about uh, what they're doing. Um, on the other mm -hmm. side, um, super important um, also coming from an IDEO background is like this constantly reaching out proactively to different departments um, something that uh, also like defined for 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 the design team as like inclusive design like being able to like to include everybody in your process but also at the same time being able to open up yourself um, understanding basically empathizing uh, for the different departments and therefore obviously you need to reach out to these other departments to to understand what 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 are they planning to do um, obviously also to to avoid like a one-sided track that basically like we just basically work from design side because otherwise we we gonna end up working in isolation and obviously that is not the aim uh, of the company and also like not an aim i think for for a mature design organization or for a head of design right yeah, of course <laughs> so earlier this year you took basically over the whole design team then 26 mm -hmm. um but what does that even mean, right? So your title now is head of design. Mm -hmm. what, what, who is head of design? So head of design is basically the, what is connected to my responsibility is actually um, being able uh, to, to, to frame what design, what we define as design, um, basically every um, tangible aspect we put out there, um, which means like really... Um, from every single communication point of view, which basically like needs to be uh, somehow converted into a tangible experience, which means like the, the classic design part, um, like marketing, communication design, uh, brand design, but also product design. Um, but also um, what, what was very important for me is like focusing on design research um obviously this is like where my ideal background uh, come into play in terms of like design research is like the foundation to really uh, create an argumentation um that basically or a certain rational that we can rely on that is helpful basically to to have a foundation to start on and um that is not alone like the design responsibility um the design responsibility is also like to to shape the culture 
And I think like this is like that happens on like two in, in two ways. Like one aspect is basically like that we live a certain culture and that we like the way how how we approach things, like this mindset that we're using, how we approach uh, opportunities, problems, uh, uh, possibilities. I think this is something where we actually can like start to influence the company, but also on a very proactive approach in terms of like really working on non-tangible uh, design topics, which means like organizational design, for instance, like working with a product department to uncover um, their values, uh, to, to do like offsites with them, to, to work on like what, what does culture means from a bottom up uh, rather than only like top down. And I think this is something that ultimately is very important for a mature design organization that you not only focus on like the pure tangible aspect of design, but also like what design actually uh, can influence internally of a company. Yeah, I think this is a super important point. So I think we should spend a little bit more time here. One thing you mentioned is the investment that you're making with the new discipline or, I mean, it's not a new discipline, but design research, right? Mm -hmm. And talking to the designers from some other companies, I have a feeling that uh, in, in still in many product companies, the designer is kind of meant to do everything, you know, wireframes, mm -hmm. research, all of that things. Um, but as far as I understood, you are investing also in getting people who are uh, specifically just for research, right? Um, 100%, so, yeah. Well, yeah. Why is that important? I think like, um, so we, we started in, with, the, with the same approach, um, basically like educating the designers, um, understanding what, what design research is about, educating them to write like this, this discussion guides, uh, what are research ethics, how do you conduct an interview, uh, how do you recruit people, uh, who do you recruit and so on. And I think that was more like the foundational work um, to help everybody from a design um, um, department to understand what is the value and the benefit of design research. Um, by doing that, and we wanted always to in, 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 to be inclusive, which means like to include like into the, the research sessions, into the interviews that we had with our uh, users and non-users, uh, to include like product owners, to include tech people, uh, to include like other departments like data people and so on. And I think that ultimately helped to understand how beneficial design research can be much or way beyond uh, the design discipline itself. And I think like by showcasing that and being able then to create a rationale even for, for other disciplines, I think this is like the power then of design research that you actually are able to, to um, create something or basically to conduct uh, interviews and to gain insights um, that are beneficial for, for many people, not only for design. And that ultimately uh, brought us to the point of like being able to, to hire like uh, dedicated people only basically doing design research, understanding um, um, way better than, than we do um, what like the different methods are, um, when is the, the best moment to do research. Also like to uh, basically question certain things like when we actually should not do research. And uh, I think like that ultimately is like very helpful to, to build uh, that like culture of, of uh, understanding that like these insights from a consumer, from a, from a user perspective uh, are so important because ultimately we serve these people. Without these people, we don't have a business. So I think like 
um, creating that that cycle and uh, even like playing that back to the management uh, ultimately uh, basically helped us a lot to to get to that point where we can build a design research team. Just to showcase the power and the impact that the design research can have, can you share any example of of the insights or what you learned during the research? And then maybe the second part of the question is then how do you share this insight? Because you mentioned you try to share them across the company also mm -hmm. to uh, basically try to nurture the design culture within the company. Mm -hmm. Um, like one example is something um, that uh, that we did uh, basically for uh, as a foundational work for a product that we launched called Spaces. It's basically a way um, to to like open or create multiple um, uh, spaces where you basically can uh, put money into. And uh, where this was coming from is the idea of like mental accounting. And mental accounting is is something that goes back to the 60s where basically people did studies around like what actually what is happening in our head and how we actually deal with finances. And um, what we did there is actually that that we conducted uh, research and we learned a lot about like, first of all, we wanted to understand um, are we able to replicate that kind of like behavior, that mental accounting behavior? And uh, we figured out that we, first of all, are able to, to identify these moments. And uh, secondly, um, also like uh, understand like how many of these mental accounts basically these people have in their head. And um, that ultimately brought us to the idea of like, how are we able to make this mental accounting tangible? But in a way that it is um, uh, much easier, basically, to 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 replicate. Um, so it's not only that basically you you create a new account. It's pretty much about like we make it as simple as possible for you in in the least amount of steps uh, to to create that space where you can put money into. For instance, let's let's assume you you're going on vacation and you know you want to go on vacation. So in your head, what is happening there is actually you you think about like that you need to put money aside that you actually need to 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 think about like to, to keep that money somehow to be able to afford that uh, vacation. And I think like this is something that, that design research helped us uh, really uh, like to uncover that, uh, but also like what is the, the most simple behavior. And I think like this is um, something where we started very broad, um, where on a, on a very broad scale to understand are we able to replicate that behavior and then going really down to the detail of like how do we make it as easy as possible? What kind of patterns can we can we use? Uh, where what, what can we adapt basically to to learn about like what we can integrate into our experience uh, to to replicate that model? And I think like design research here was very helpful to first of all to um, to really uncover that and to to create that foundation, but also um, from a business point of view to really underline uh, the aspect of the importance of doing that and like really creating a product around that. Mm -hmm. And how do you usually share the insights with uh, company-wide? Right. I think like what, what we actually try to do is to share. Um, so we, we, we tried different things and what was very successful here is actually to share that on on a de department level, which means like really um, tailor the insights to what are the needs of the different departments. And to a certain degree, like similar to how we actually empathize with the users, 
is also like to empathize with our colleagues. Like, where are they coming from? What is their background? How, what are they interested in? And we actually tailor these insights to the different like disciplines and departments and basically their background to, to really make it um, um, very interesting and digestible in the, at the same time. Um, and this is basically how we, how we share uh, our insights then back. Okay, that's super interesting. This means that after you finish a certain research, you look at insights uh, that are particular to different departments, and then you just present that part to uh, that particular department. Um, is that correct? Or Yeah, it, it is similar. Like Sometimes we actually uncover things or we have like certain insights where like other project teams might not specifically ask for. But I think like this is also the role of like design in terms of like keeping an understanding of the holistic perspective and um, where we then proactively go to like uh, certain people, certain departments and project teams to actually share our insights mm -hmm. because we think it might be interesting to, to what they are planning to do. And I think like that is the, the sweet spot um, that you need to be proactive to actually serve other Uh, uh, other people much beyond the the initial project team for instance where we conducted the research to be able also like to create a network but also like to underline the importance of like design and design research in particular i think you mentioned several times proactiveness so far mm -hmm. and i think this is an important team that's running through this conversation as well uh, because in many companies i still feel like design is very reactive you know mm -hmm. you just do what people tell you Can you talk a little bit more about how you're trying to be proactive uh, in N26? I mean, proactiveness means also like that um, we need to understand, like we are kind of like uh, the, the, the glue. Um, everything we're doing is actually visible uh, immediately to the customer. Um, what does that mean is actually that we need to recreate an experience that actually is not reflecting our company structure but it is actually uh, basically perceived as like one uh, holistic experience. And because of that, in order to reach that, we need to be proactive because that we, where we like identify certain things that might basically not fit perfectly into our experience and we want to improve that. This is exactly the point where we need to be proactive. And I think like this is also then showcasing how valuable design is for a company because like nobody else is like, if you, if you stay in that reactive mode, you will never be able basically to, to, to work on, on these things and like being able then to create this holistic experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like a, a lot of like smaller things that we need to touch and like where everybody basically needs to, to create like a certain effort um, to, to do that. But ultimately it is, it is very beneficial because it allows us to, to get out of that uh, reactive mode And uh, even like thinking about like um, how do we drive like certain projects, like um, how do we envision um, like where uh, basically the experience is going to. And this is also like where proactiveness is very helpful because like you can create kind of like a North Star. You can create a vision that allow people to, to unify and to understand basically like where what is the direction that that we can go to at the same time you also like need to leave that room that actually like every discipline every department can basically like uh, define that in, in in detail and bring in their particular expertise obviously that we don't have 
So which means like this proactiveness is also like leading very often to even more questions. But um, uh, this is like even more helpful because like you, we all are there basically to answer these questions and not just physically uh, to, to the things that, that we are working on right now, but like really like being able to also like lead uh, forward uh, future things. <laughs> Um, so if we talk now organizationally, how do designers work within N26? You know, are there uh, separate design teams or are they integrated within the product teams? Mm -hmm. So I think like, first of all, like to help you to understand like how our design team is structured, we contain out of like four different squads. Uh, we have the brand design squad, we have the product design squad, design research and design operations. And uh, in particular, the, the product designers, they are integrated into the different product design teams. Why is that the case? Because like we need to ensure that um, basically everything that we create as a product and in the first place, that is our app that we actually put out there. Um, that is our touch point um, or main touch point to our users. And uh, this is where like designers work integrated into the teams side by side together with the product owner, with the developers, and with QA to ensure that the experience that we imagine is actually put out uh, in, in, or basically is integrated into the app as well. Um, whether like the other teams, uh, for instance, like the design research team is supporting a lot of like different teams, basically like half integrated, half jumpers, and uh, like really like also from a brand side. And we have the luxury position that we actually have the brand design team and the product design team working side by side. Why is that the case? Because ultimately what we want to ensure is that the, the brand is incorporated in every single aspect, which means like from the product to also like everything that we communicate, everything that is tangible from a brand marketing side as well. And that only allow that basically we are only able to do that by having designers from brand and product side by side working together. Mm -hmm. How many designers are you at the N26? We are more than 20 designers at the moment. Okay. So I think part of the reason why you can have so many teams is also because you're a bigger company, right? Do you still remember how you were organized when there were fewer designers? I mean, it was kind of like the a similar setup. And I think that is also something like what was established actually worked so well that uh, taking that further uh, was basically something that was basically proven already. Um, I think like what, what we changed is really um, the way how like uh, product uh, owners and product managers work together with the designers, um, like a way much closer collaboration. Um, basically, this is what we, what we tweaked there um, to, to allow that like from like the assessment and discovery phase that you actually can bounce ideas, uh, make them tangible, that you can conduct like the research and basically learn about uh, or the, the needs of the users. And at the same time, like being able basically to also immediately uh, integrate the business perspective and everything that we're doing as well. Mm -hmm. You talk a lot about also tangibility and being tangible. What does that mean? I think like what is uh, super interesting, what I do see quite often um, actually also like back in the days uh, working for audio like and then like working uh, for for different clients is like 
I think like designers have a skill set um, to to make things tangible, which means like it's not about like putting numbers or, or words on a slide. It's like to to create a story uh, out of that. And tangibility doesn't necessarily mean you basically need to be a, a skilled designer. I think like tangibility is something when you are able to package uh, the the message that you want to send out. Uh, in in a really simple way, being able to communicate them to to other people, and I think like this is what I mean with tangibility that you are able to to understand the holisticness at the same time going down to the detail um, that are important basically to to really um, nail the point um, um, in inside of your mm-hmm. message that you want to send out. Yeah, I think this is the big unique power that design brings to businesses. Because most designers actually don't realize that most business people and marketing people don't have this power to actually, you know, show you the vision. Uh, because we just have these numbers and we have these slides, but it, at the right. end of the day, you don't know what you're discussing before you see it. And then designers have this power. I'm always hesitant to say like this is a design only skill, to be honest, because like ultimately like storytelling is something that everybody can do. I think it's pretty much about like on us as designers. Um, showcasing what is possible and how beneficial it can be and mm-hmm. I think like this is how we positively can influence then organizations uh, by basically doing that and that's also like what I mean by inclusive design it's not basically like to create a design discipline mature design for me doesn't mean that design is completely separate design is even more integrated and like the we even blur more the boundaries but like this is like really um, enable other people to basically have a same approach or a certain mindset like we do have um, without even having a, basically a design background. I think that is like very important. And I think like this is also like the, the power that actually design can do. Yeah. Yeah. And then the whole organization can learn. Uh, what I meant more was, you know, being visual uh, because what happens in a lot of the business discussion is people <laughs> just talk and then you think you have an agreement, but you actually haven't really agreed on anything because you don't have that tangible thing you right. can discuss, the prototype. Um, right. But I, I also I believe... That, yeah, go ahead. I think like what you mentioned is like super interesting because like you took completely right. I think like this this tangible part in terms of like creating a design and like creating a foundation where people can point to yeah. And then they can actually say, oh, this is what you mean, because yeah, everybody yeah. <laughs> has a different thing in, in, in basically their head. And like, I think like this ultimately what it, what it means is like bringing the ideas out of the head mm-hmm. uh, onto something that is like tangible. And like, this is the tangible aspect, either like a high fidelity screen or like something that is a sketch, but ultimately like to, to really like uh, to find an alignment and an agreement or even a disagreement, which can be helpful as yeah. well to manage expectations. Definitely, definitely. Um, I wanted to ask you, how do you measure design? I mean, do you have any KPIs uh, which you measure? So the the KPIs are basically tied to basically what we what we want to do uh, with the with the whole product. Um, so that's the reason why basically everything that we're doing in terms of like measuring the impact of design is tied to like. What uh, what KPIs do we reach for the, the different product uh, uh, basically teams that are working um, on on certain projects, and this is directly connected also like to to showcase that um, design is an integrated part and basically not uh, completely separated. 
Mm, I think that makes a lot of sense, right? You can just reach out to departments in your organization and see what they what KPIs they are uh, keeping track of, and you can just talk onto that. And with that, you're actually getting a partner for your project because you're showing somebody in the company exactly how they're going to benefit from your work. Definitely. And I think important here is also like that you create a back loop. Um, I think like this is something that that we are, for instance, like doing in terms of like creating a back loop um, to, to understand like what can, what can we actually change to, to even increase uh, basically uh, the, the KPIs and like to in increase uh, like a certain conversion uh, to increase the number of like people uh, signing up. And I think like this is something that is like we are so close to the customer that we actually can measure that uh, very directly. And then we basically can adjust that and we can learn from like, okay, did that work? Did that not work? And I think ultimately that is also very healthy from a design perspective that you understand like what is the implications of the things that you are actually doing as a designer as well. Mm. What exactly do you mean by backlog? Um, back, back loop, loop in, yeah, in terms certainly. of like creating creating like a cycle of like you put something out there, we want to reach certain KPIs and then after a certain amount of time you actually measure the KPIs or you measure the impact and then like by adjusting certain things you can actually learn if that is act changing something. Mm -hmm. How your and actions are exactly driving the result. Right. Cool. That's really cool. Um Another thing I wanted to ask you about is also the talk you recently uh, gave. Um, mm -hmm. So it's basically about building trust. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? So the trust in design? Sure. So um, I think like what I was talking about was the role of design as a driver for trust. And uh, I think like what is important here is also to understand like what um, what what does trust actually mean? And like, especially for N26, um, like we are a bank and we're dealing with the money of the people. Trust is like the foundation basically to, to provide us the money in the end. And I think like this is something that is like not easy, easy to, to get in the end. And um, like what is important also to understand is like trust is like, it's a process that takes time and basically is like grounded in like several aspects and therefore like quite difficult to, to basically to grasp. Um, so there is this like trust formula, um, which contains out of like four components. Um, the first one is credibility plus reliability plus intimacy, um, divided by self orientation. Um, that is creating trustworthiness. And, what that means in particular is really like talking about like the, the credibility aspect in the first place, which means like, what do we need to do um, to, to, to basically to be perceived as credible? And what are we doing there is actually to be very transparent and, and fair in our communication, like to be as open as possible um, to communicate um, towards our customers. And I think like this, this transparency is something that our customers value a lot because like, uh, if you compare that like with like the traditional uh, banks, sometimes that doesn't come across as like very being very transparent, uh, mm -hmm. like a certain pricing structure, a contract structure, and so on. Um, then the, the second uh, aspect is reliability, which means like we actually need to allow to be like uh, stable to to basically to be reachable all time. Obviously, like uh, if we're dealing with uh, people's money, it's like um, you always need to have access. Uh, to your money all the time. 
And the third aspect is like intimacy, which means like we um, like need to create a safe environment and also like need to ensure that basically like the, the data are, are secured and everything that is connected to that. And um, basically looking at like the credibility, reliability and, and intimacy, we need to divide that by, by the self-orientation. Um, and that is a very important coming from a design perspective, because ultimately what we do here is like we need to put like the, the people's interest uh, first. And uh, we, we basically start uh, without any exception from a consumer, from a customer side. And uh, we need to have in mind or keep in mind, like what is basically what are the goals that people want to achieve and, and how do we achieve them? And then we actually start to, to think about like, how do we make this basically possible? And I think like this, this formula of like trustworthiness is like a very, um, it's, 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 a, it's a theory in the first place, but it showcases also that like certain aspects need to play together here actually to, to create uh, a trust. And um, the, another aspect that I was talking about during, uh, during the talk um, at the service design conference in Barcelona was actually the, the three levels of emotional design. Um, why is that important? Because like ultimately what we do is like we, we put in basically we, we put our offer out there, which means like our app and like we, we trigger certain interactions and we get a response and like this response uh, in the best case is creating an emotion. And therefore it's important to understand like what actually is triggering like this kind of like emotions. And accordingly to, to Don Norman, there are like three different levels of, of emotional design. And um, I think like I was showcasing like different parts of like how we actually use emotional design on purpose. And that's the reason why it's also so, so important to understand that uh, product design and brand design, that they actually need to work hand in hand mm -hmm. uh, because like emotional design does not only happen inside of the app and does not only happen outside of the app. So it's basically like these things, they need to work together. And uh, I think like that is like something where like emotional design is something that um, you hear more and more, um, but like this is ultimately like the foundation um, for for building trust towards our our users. Mm -hmm. So the formula you gave us with credibility, reliability, intimacy, and self orientation sounds very interesting and actionable. But at the same time, when I was looking at it, I was trying to see how I could use it for my case, and I, I got stuck. So could you help us just think through if we know this is the formula, right? Mm -hmm. How do we use it on our product, on what we're working on? I think like what is what is interesting is like to to ask yourself like to put yourself into the user's shoes and um like then to think about like what makes your offer credible, reliable and intimate and I think that is like something starting from that perspective can be very helpful because like ultimately what you do here is you manage expectations and these expectations they are the foundation like once you understand like what do I expect from a customer point of view then also like you understand better, okay, like what is the reaction um, from from a company point of view, from your offer point of view? And um, like, I think like, for instance, like with, with credibility, like what does it mean to be transparent? And not, not everybody yeah, exactly. really ultimately needs to be transparent potentially. But I think like it's pretty much about like this con kind of like on eye level communication. Um, what it means is like you need to be able to to basically communicate your offer, your product uh, towards the user in a way that the user actually understands 
really what 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 basically the user gets and i think like this is something like that that makes you then credible and reliable is obviously something you need to work on like there are like certain things you actually can do to be reliable it can mm -hmm. basically be your product quality it can be that like for instance for us like we are basically accessible the, the all the time and i think like th there are like certain aspects that you can refine um to to get to the point of like what what makes you as an offer or as a, as a product reliable as well so i think like really as a, as a summary like always thinking from a user perspective and their expectations actually provide you the answers of like what you actually need to do as a reaction from a from a business point of view as well mm -hmm. but how do you know how do you first of all how do you measure the trust and how do you know that your uh, product your offer is trustworthy i mean in, in our case it is pretty much about like if people sign up um, if people basically um, 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 basically put money in into their accounts that is for us our measure of trust mm -hmm. because like without having trust you would not do that yeah and uh, i think like this is something where you need to define like what defines trust um that not necessarily means always also for other for other businesses that doesn't necessarily mean that basically like people like sign up um because like the the basically the um, barrier of entry is much lower um but It also like means like how long people actually stay with you and what is the reason mm -hmm. for staying with you. Would you say that this formula is something that can be applied to uh, various industries or is it more for industries where, uh, such as banking where trust is really, really the cornerstone of the whole offer? I think like trust is something that um, we, from a user perspective, always looking for um, because like you buy a certain product uh, that has like a certain quality, um, and if, if not, you you very soon uncover that like this certain quality is not there, and um, like that obviously uh, makes you potentially not buy that product again anymore, or mm -hmm. or at least not referring that. And I think like this kind of like referring factor is something that actually is also like showcasing trust in the end. And therefore, I think it's valid for, for almost every industry because like ultimately you want to create a product or an offer that people are like so happy to use or so proud of uh, that they actually refer that to others as well, which actually creates this kind of like viral effect as well. Mm, makes sense. Makes sense. So... Christian, what are you uh, planning for the future? I mean, what is N26 plans for the future and designs uh, team or discipline in particular? Um, I think like what is um, what I'm basically want to do with the design team is obviously like to have a positive, even more positive impact on on the company itself, but also like to to take the experience um, that we basically create towards our users to a next level to create. Um, excellence of like what we can uh, reach from a design perspective um, to create a service that is uh, even simpler and easier to to use um, and that people actually don't need to to worry about like their finances in a way of like they might uh, basically do today because like sometimes it's like very difficult like what is actually happening uh, um, and and where they actually what what they can do with their finances and especially talking about the, the design team perspective, I think like what is important here is like to build um, a 
bigger um, research team to allow people to to benefit from that uh, much beyond like the design team itself like to create a positive impact to that and um, from a, like also like to to understand even on a, on a granular level uh, like the behavior of people even better um, that we can uh, basically serve them and, and and integrate and like to create uh, new new ways of like what actually banking for the future means well thanks a lot christian for taking the time for uh sharing this awesome cool examples and thoughts um as a last question where can listeners find more about you and also n26 so n26 definitely on n26.com <laughs> exactly um our website and uh about myself i think like um i'm not like very active on on medium at the moment but um like um i'm planning to do that even more in the future so um just search for uh, my name christian headline uh, on medium medium.com yes okay cool awesome i also include the link to that in the show notes if anyone is looking for that Thanks again, Christian. Thank you, Alan. That's it in this episode. But before you click pause or mute or just move on with your day, uh, have one little message uh, or ask. I know that all podcast authors are asking for uh, podcast reviews and I'll just explain why this is important also for me. Uh, Most people talk about the fact that it's easier to find your podcast and it gets into the news and uh, noteworthy uh, category. But for me, the main reason is that it just makes it so much easier to find new guests. Uh, The whole pitch is much easier if I can say that this show has so and so many uh, podcast reviews. So uh, if you like the show and if you actually stick with me until now, uh, maybe just take 20 seconds of your time and just uh, leave a review or just a rating uh, on iTunes or any other podcast app. Uh, It would really make... Uh, the continuation of this project much easier and also uh, I could keep getting great guests um, and this would mean a lot. So that's all. Uh, I wish you a very nice day.